You're listening to GP Works, the podcast for and about general practice from the Irish College of General Practitioners. I'm Aileen O'Mara, and in this episode, we're talking to Dr. Knut Moe, a GP in Churchtown in Dublin, and also Director of NEGS, the ICGP's Network of Establishing GPs. Welcome to GP Works, Dr. Moe. Thanks, Aileen. Glad, happy to be here. So are you in the practice at the moment? Is that where you're coming from? No, I'm actually, uh, today is a, an administration day I have as part of my role in NEGS that I, I need a bit of non-clinical time. To, uh, so I'm actually at home and it's during the Easter break. So I have the kids and the dog here. So hopefully there won't be too many interruptions. Uh, well, we don't mind. We don't mind the odd interruption. <laughs> and which is an indication of the work-life balance that you're managing there as a GP as well, isn't it? That you're, you're able to work from home occasionally. Yeah, trying to. I think the, the pandemic has been quite, quite good in the sense that we've realised how versatile we are and how we can do a lot of things slightly differently in a way that we can balance our, our work and life balance a, a little bit more. So certainly it, may, it gives us a bit more flexibility. All right. So let's start off a little bit about yourself and your somewhat circuitous route into general practice. How did you become a GP? Oh God, where, do, where do we start? So I suppose my first exposure to general practice was in the home, really, because my I come from a family of, of doctors. My dad was a GP, a single-handed GP, and, and I, I was answering phones as a seven-year-old in the, in the old-fashioned GP bracket. I kind of maybe rebelled against that a little bit. I went off and studied business and politics in Trinity before I, I uh, then worked in finance in London. And then uh, I suppose the, the interest in medicine came calling back to me and I returned to study in, in the College of Surgeons back in when I was 24 and then qualified back in 2010. And then I went through the RCSI GP scheme and finished that in 2015. So so fairly straightforward route once I qualified from medicine into general practice, but took the scenic route getting into medicine. And do you think that family connection in general practice does it matter a lot in people's choice to become a GP do you think I, I think it does you know there's a huge vocational element in general practice and and certainly the the relationship I saw and, and still see my father's a, a 70 seven-year-old GP and still working. His father was a doctor. He's Norwegian by background, hence the, the slightly unusual name. His dad worked till he was 89 as a, as a physician in Norway. So there's an element of a vocation there and, and the relationship of continuity of care that my, my father had with his patients is, is really, you know, it, it's not a one-off interaction. I think a lot of people enjoy that that cradle to grave care in general practice and that's one of the main reasons for going into it you know it's it's the 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 science of medicine that attracts some people to certain specialties but then i think there's really the personal aspect of medicine that really is to the fore in general practice and i think having an insight into the career in in medicine but particularly general practice growing up you know you do get a flavor for what the job is like uh, as a gp even though it's ever-changing but that certainly informed my choice to do general practice, maybe over the specialties. And you have a small practice in a suburb of Dublin. So you're in the community really there, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're fairly embedded. I, I work with my wife in, in Churchtown. I also work with my father in, in Klonski in Dublin 14 and, and keep the show on the road in his practice with, with two other doctors. And they're, they're both small community practices, independent practices. And and really, uh, it, the great thing about general practice is being able to to be the type of GP you want to, you know, and, uh, and you can control the, the practice as long as you're providing the service you can decide you know the type of services you want to offer and you're really quite close to your patients and and that was was seen really evidently when it came to vaccinations during the pandemic that we were 
seeing our, our patients who hadn't left the house in a year who were you know maybe over 80 and uh, and they were coming to us first as their first port of call you know and i think that's the value of, of independent general practice you know there is a trend towards large primary care centers which are great and large group practices but there, there's a trade-off there between I suppose, having to travel some distance from your home to your GP in a lot of cases versus having the GP around the corner embedded in the community, which is really invaluable for some patients. And is very much a part of Irish general practice as well, that it is embedded in the community. Let's talk about NEGS a little. You're the director of NEGS this year, the network of establishing GPs. What is NEGS? What does it do? So, so as you said, that it's next is the network of establishing GPs, and and really that covers establishing GPs who are deemed to be either in their final year of GP training, so about to embark on a career in general practice, or, or up until about five years out. And, and I suppose just two main areas of that, and one is that the college, like any organisation, can sometimes needs to look to the. The, the members of the future. So, uh, so my role is to advocate for establishing GPs in, in everything the college does, so that we have a lens to the future and keep things fresh. Or you know, we're not just singing to the choir or operating in silos. That we we are we are thinking about how things will affect the GPs of the future and any policy decisions or things like that that are made. Uh, and then the other element is is to be a sounding board. To, for those establishing GPs, uh, you know, and hopefully a fairly open door policy for them to come to me with issues, either on a broader level or, or on a one-to-one basis where somebody is, is a bit stuck or lost and, and just wondering, looking for a bit of ad hoc advice. They may have, uh, you know, a few options ahead of them and they're not necessarily sure of what route to take or, or, or things like that. What we found is that some of the problems or issues facing GPs were uh, a little more complex. And, and so we developed a pilot mentorship program, which finished last Last year and I was really really successful and that we're planning on relaunching that now later this year uh, and that would look at maybe matching up an experienced GP mentor with a, a mentee who would uh, work with that, that that GP or mentee over a, a certain period, maybe three to six months with a, a few meetings to, to maybe evolve a, a problem and, and hopefully come to a more complete solution so that's been really useful i think the feedback's been great in that and then the other thing we do is the signpost to success which has been a really useful tool over the years and and it's in the process of being revamped and, and updated with the G, gp website the college of general practitioners website will be updated uh, and we're hoping to, to have a good update on the signpost to success which is really kind of an index of the sort of things that uh, would be useful to set up in practice and, and from a practice management point of view it would be true to say, uh, Knut, that most Irish GPs belong to a small practice or a group practice and, you know, they're independent practitioners combining HSC contracts and private practice. But is that changing? Is it the case, do you think, that more of the recent graduates in particular shy away from setting up a practice because they believe it's too difficult? Yeah, I think there's a, a few trends coming across and certainly that I, I think people are GPs leaving training now at the moment and uh, coming in qualifying at GPs, they, they want maybe different things than GPs 20 or 30 years ago wanted. And, and certainly, I think they look for a work-life balance. They want regular working hours, guaranteed annual leave uh, and benefits. Uh, and I think possibly out of a bit of a misconception or, or, or lack of standardized training over over the years to be it could be quite variable in terms of practice management across gp training schemes in terms of what sort of education they got i think a lot of them have shied away from management thinking that it would be you know a lot of 10 o'clock hours they didn't mm-hmm. really necessarily see the upside uh, you know of, of having your own practice but we'd be that 
independence or, or, or financial or that. And so when there's other options of larger group practices where they could be associates or, or non, even non-general practice jobs or people going into more corporate practice, you know, they, they think, oh, well, listen, that's great. But they, you know, they, they, maybe that's not the most informed choice in terms of the, the full benefits of of practice management and owning and being a partner in your own practice. I, I think there are challenges in, in, in smaller practices, certainly in terms of locum cover and uh, and things like that. There is a collegiality of a group practice or a larger practice. And I think we do need to find new solutions to overcome those challenges because I don't think the answer is fully large group practices. That doesn't work, you know, uh, as you mentioned, we want to have practices embedded in their community as well. And, and that's, you know, uh, large centres all around the country aren't necessarily going to be the answer for those. So I think, you know, uh, either co-ops or practices or hub and spoke models and things like that may be, may be uh, better solutions to look at down the line. I think also people are, are a little worried about out-of-hours commitments that that uh, certainly in more rural areas, the there is a challenge there from a work mm-hmm. point, workforce point of view. There's a challenge there that the out-of-hours commitments are seen to be quite onerous. And I think we need to find new solutions for that because it's not realistic for, for GPs to be working one and three calls in a rural area um, when the day job is getting increasingly busy as well. But I think, I think coming back to the practice management side of it is like we, we need to find, I think the college needs to think about, are we preparing GPs to be academic GPs or, or are we preparing them for a career in, in general practice and, and letting GPs, uh, you know, at the end of their training decide, well, I really understand what it is to be a GP partner in a large or a small practice and, and what that looks like what the earnings potential is potentially we don't talk about that a huge amount but people don't necessarily i think we look at the whole qualifying thing and becoming a gp but we don't necessarily look at our career trajectory after that and what our goals are maybe over the next five years or or, or that so so that's something I'm, I'm keen to to maybe just help gps figure out what they want to do and uh, and make an informed choice on their career the next conference team for this year is steps for career success in general practice so that really develops more what you've been talking about there. The conference is on in early May. Tell me about the, the lineup in the conference. Yeah, so we've we've a great lineup of experienced GPs who are who have all taken their own route through general practice. There's no such thing as you know the typical GP. So so we have to get a, a flavor of different opinions. So we have some some great speakers who'll talk about their route into their partnership and their practice. And we have Sinead Cronin, Shane McGough, and uh, and Amy Morgan speaking about that. Who are all uh, brilliant uh, and experienced GPs. We also have some some financial planning advice uh, and some discussions about why I suppose it's it's a good time to be a, a GMS GP or a partner in a GP practice you know, with the reversal of FEMP, the chronic disease management programs coming in. You know, it, it genuinely is a pretty good time to, to be in general practice. There's a lot of structured care programs there. And, and so I suppose the, the idea of this conference is to have a, an overall kind of get the, stimulate thought for, for GPs to think about, well, what do I want out of my career? Do I just want to be an associate or do I want to be a partner? And do I want to be a partner in a practice that's ur- urban, rural, deprived, affluent? You know, do I want to do special interest projects uh, that, you know, that, that keep things fresh for me or, or, or maybe mix up the week for me a little bit? Uh, and so really there's no, there's no right answer to this, but it's more just getting people thinking. And I think we should be really looking at GPs planning out their career. I think in hospital medicine, there's a very clear cut path. If you, if you want to do cardiology, you know, you do your SHO years, your registrar years, you do your fellowship and then you're consultant and you and, and you know your earning scales as well you know whereas i think we're, we're a little afraid to talk about you know 
what the earnings, careers, you know, work-life potential is. I think we talk about training people to be a GP, but we don't necessarily talk beyond that. And I think it's, it's good to stimulate this sort of thought. So, so hopefully it, it's not going to be an overly lecture type of a, of a morning. We're not really looking to, to have people looking at slides. It's more a discussion that will hopefully prove useful for people to maybe re- reflect on what they want. Uh, we've also got Rita Doyle, who is the former president of the Irish Medical Council, going to talk to us about, I suppose, her lessons from a life in practice and, and what she'd say to herself if she was starting out now. Uh, and Andrea Rochford giving some self-care advice, which is obviously really important because it is a stressful job, no matter whether you're a partner or an associate. You know, the demands are great on general practitioners and, and making sure that we kind of look after ourselves is, is key as well. So it's an online morning, hopefully one of the last Zoom conferences we'll have on the 7th of May, running from about half nine to one. And registrations are open through the college website, I believe, at the moment. ICGP.ie, that's where you can get the registration link. And that's a great that's a great lineup there. I mean, you mentioned a few of them, but this, uh, Rita Doyle is always a great talker. Professor Tom O'Dowd, the president, will be speaking too. And you have, as I say, a great range of GPs who are partners in their own practices around the country. Very much an emphasis on practical advice, I think, there as well. So as you say, it won't be slides and academic discussions. It will read about the real, wor- the real world, I think, of, of being a GP and the nuts and bolts of being a GP. Thanks, Dr. Knutmo, for speaking to us on this episode of GP Works. For anybody who wants to register for that spring meeting, which is on, as they say, Saturday the 7th of May, go to icgp.ie website. Remember that if you are thinking of becoming a GP, take a look at the college's dedicated website for those considering a career in general practice. That's beagp.com, which is a separate website to the icgp.ie. Do subscribe to this podcast for our regular new material. Follow the college on Twitter at ICGP News. I'm Aileen Amara. And thanks for listening.